Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for entrepreneurs who are hungry for impact and doing business their own way. I'm Cindy Van Arnhem, your rebellious leader for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to activate their limitless wealth through the power of self-mastery. The key to claiming your potential, trusting your wisdom, and creating infinite possibility in your world. I am so excited to dive into yet another epic Rebel Radio conversation. I have my new friend, Rich Lewis, on the show. Thank you for being here today, Rich. Thanks for having me. I look forward to this. I love it. So... Uh, before we went live, I was sharing a little bit of your numerology, and you had zero experience with numerology. So I love that, and I like getting to play with newbies to numerology. So I'm curious, what was one of your biggest, like, oh, wow, that's really accurate, or biggest takeaways from that conversation? Well, definitely the part about going within. You shared that that going within is, is something that a number eight does, if I heard you right, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what I do with my centering prayer practice. I, I shut out the noise and racing thoughts and go within in my practice, and I try to do it twice a day for 20 minutes. So that immediately jumped, jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, ironically, you said something about I have high expectations of others. I think I do, but I also, but 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 I've also learned to back off. So I, internally, mm-hmm. I, I may send an email to someone and expect an answer, expect an answer or, or an acknowledgement. And I've learned that okay, everybody's a little bit different, and mm-hmm. they'll get to things in their time, and they'll respond the way they need to respond. So I do have high expectations, but I've learned not to share them with others. I've learned to keep them within so that I can let people react, you know, the way that makes sense for them. So that's, I was thinking of that as you said that as well. That's hilarious. And well, high expectations, but no attachments. So that works. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And that actually leads me into asking, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are and you shared your book with me, which I'm so excited to read. And just tell us a little bit about the story of your book and what brought you to writing that. Sure. Well, who I am, obviously, is Rich Lewis, and I have a, a website called silenceteaches.com, and it, it primarily focuses on a practice called Centering Prayer, which is a, a meditation and a relationship with God. So you, you silence your inner thoughts and open to, to life or higher spirit or God or whatever name you have for, for God. Mm-hmm. So the site is, is primarily devoted to, to Centering Prayer. And then I have other things on the site. I have a, I have a Monday meditation that goes out. Sometimes I interview other interesting people in, in, with a Q and A, and they and it, and it goes on my site as a post. I do some one on one coaching um, with people, so that's on my site. And I've been doing a lot of speaking, whether it's on podcasts or just guest speaking in front of different groups. So that's on my site, and that's primarily because of, of the book. People have read the book and they want me to speak to their group. So. Centering prayer. Do you want me to quickly say what centering yeah, prayer is? Because absolutely. people may wonder, well, what is this thing that he's what talking is that? about? <laughs> exactly. so centering prayer, as I said, is, is meditation and a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It was created in the early 1970s by three Trappist monks. So actually three Catholic priests saw transcendental meditation happening and they wanted something for the Christian mm-hmm. community. So it was created in the early 1970s rolled out to clergy and priests, and then soon kind of rolled out to everybody because they obviously thought it would be helpful for the public. Mm -hmm. It's been around since the early 1970s, and it's simply uh, 
you sit silently with your eyes closed to begin your meditation time. You introduce a word of one, two, or three syllables. So maybe you choose ocean, and that signifies you're beginning your, your prayer and you're opening to the presence and actions of God within. Mm. And then it's really just whenever you engage your thought, meaning whenever you think about what you're going to do after you sit or what you were doing before you sit, you realize, you know what, I'm not I'm not letting go of my thoughts. So you reintroduce that word interiorly mm -hmm. and let mm -hmm. go of your engaged thoughts. And you, you, and you just simply do that when needed. So sometimes you naturally bring yourself back to the present. Other times you realize, there I go again. And you just let go of the engaged thoughts and emotions and reintroduce that word. And then let go of the word too. So it's not a mantra. There are mantra practices, but this is not a, a mantra practice where you're saying it over and over again. Right. So that's what you do during the prayer time. And the last thing I'll say is you don't have to use a word. Some people are auto, more auditory people, so they use a word. I started with a word. I moved to an image because I realized I'm more of a visual person. So I kind of picture an image in my head. Mm. Some people are more physical people, so they'll use their breath. Mm -hmm. And some people are afraid they'll fall asleep. So that instead of closing their eyes, they keep them open and stare at a spot, you know, five or six feet on the floor, for example. So that's mm -hmm. so the high level. That, that's a quick overview of centering prayer, how you do it and, and how long it's been around. Yeah, I love that. And it, I love that there's like different versions for everybody, because I think that's one of the biggest things with meditation or prayer or anything is people think, well, I, I don't know how to shut my mind off. And it's really about just bringing a mental focus to something to help you shift from those engaged thoughts into allowing yourself to just let go. I love that. Right. That's that's exactly what it is. So even the mantra over and over again is kind of accomplishing the same thing. You're just yeah. and you're not focusing on anything else. You're just using that to keep yourself in the present moment. And some people prefer a mantra and, and others prefer kind of a, a I'll say it's not a mantra, but a sacred word when needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So tell us a little bit about the book. Sure. So the book came about um, where I was looking for a book to read on Amazon in late 2013. And, and I found a book called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots, began reading it. And in it, it talked about a center, or Amos Smith talked about a practice he had been doing for about 15 years at this point called centering prayer. And, and it intrigued me because up until that point, I always had been attracted to silence, but I just didn't know what to do in this silence. But I knew and had heard silence is transforming. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to him on his website, began a back and forth dialogue, and we, we became friends. And then in the meantime, he just challenged me to write a book. He indicated you know, that we've had some very interesting discussions. We've developed a friendship, and I think you might have some neat things you could share uh, with people. And he challenged me to, to write a book and kind of help me through the process. So, and I'm glad he did. I was never, I'd never written anything more than six pages or so in school. And here I have a book that uh, I think is about 280 pages or so, but it was, I'll, I'll say it was Amos's fault, but I'm glad he did it. It was, it was actually a, a terrific experience and writing was, is really a neat spiritual exercise because other than one of the chapters where I did some research, the other chapters were more of a be just letting the words flow from from my heart to my fingertips and, and the keyboard as I wrote because I I knew the chapters and what it would be in ideas for the chapters but I just let it come out of me and that was a really neat experience. Oh, I love that so much. So good. 
So, I mean, in writing a book and having never written before, there must have been a level of self-mastery required for that, I can just imagine. And so I'm curious, self-mastery is this word that we throw out there, but a lot of people, we have different definitions for it. It's like the definition of success. So I'm curious what self-mastery means to you. Um, to me, I guess self-mastery means um, trusting yourself. I mean, you don't need to know you might, I, I, I might, I, like at that time, I knew I wanted to, I knew the final product was a published book, but mm -hmm. I didn't know, okay, what are all the steps? But I knew <laughs> the next, I knew the next step. So self mastery is really just knowing the next step because then I think clarity comes with action as you keep moving forward. I think some people freeze and they think I need to know every single step before I can start. And you don't, you just need to know the next step. So for me, that would be an excellent way to uh, self-mastery is to realize I just need to know the next step. And then the, the rest of the steps will will emerge as a result of that process. Oh, I love that so much. And this is something I teach as well, is that if you know everything, you're just recreating the past. You're not creating a future. And right. so the ability to release control and lean into that unknown is I know two things and I don't know two things. And so you just focus on what you know that's right in front of you and just do that. And when you do that, the next thing will open up for you. It does. I mean, yeah. you just have to trust it. It, it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you put out, I'll, I'll say, if you just put out to the universe what you want and start moving and get excited about it, you start seeing things that, yeah. that, that help you and that help you along the way. Yeah. And here's the next step. And here's the next step. I love that. It allows you to enjoy the journey a little bit more too. Right. Instead of trying to control the outcome, you just, well, all I have to do is the next thing. And then we'll see what happens after that. It's way more fun that way. <laughs> Agree. No, it, it is. It, it, right. And, we, and I think sometimes including myself, I try to remind myself that's enjoy this. It's not, it's not, hard i mean yes it can be hard work but that's in, enjoy the process don't don't make it it's not a painless process because then that's no fun enjoy the process enjoy the journey yes absolutely so as an entrepreneur and now you're coaching and all of these other pieces i'm curious how self-mastery has supported you in that in creating a coaching business and everything else you've got going on um i i guess i would say Again, it's it's back to knowing that just I just need to know the next step. So the next step might be there's a book I need to read, or the next step might be here's someone that I can talk to that I that I know is a few steps ahead of me, and I can reach out to this person because either out of the blue or I've had a, some type of rapport with this person, and we can just have a chat, and this person can help me, and I can also help others as well that that are a few steps behind me. So mm -hmm. I, I think it. it does come come to that is is really just looking out there and seeing who's a few steps ahead of me that might be willing to help me and then it's also me looking behind me and, and realizing who if i might hear from someone or i might see someone doing something and i might realize you know what i think i can help them and i and i can help them with their next steps and bring them to, to, to up to where I am. And then I'm looking forward to, to, to someone else who can bring me up to where they are. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Everybody's supporting everybody. That's so right. good. I we're love not it. in this, we're not in this world. You can't do everything alone. You, you, oh. you, you can't, you gotta, you need the help of others. The book, I mean, the, the book being published was not a solo effort. It, it was, you know, Amos, mentoring me through the process. It was the people that endorsed the book. It was my wife saying, 
will allow you to spend a couple hours away from us. It, it was friends looking at the book. It was different people. It took an army of, of people with many in many different ways. And, and even a friend at the gym where I would bounce ideas off of him and he would just tell me things. So it, it takes a community to, to do something. Yeah, absolutely. We're all connected. We're all one. Yeah, so good. So another conversation that we love to have here at Rebel Radio is one about wealth. And I'm curious, again, it's a word that we don't really have an actual definition for. So what does wealth mean to you? Um, I think it's a byproduct of just helping and serving people, if, if you really think mm -hmm. about it. I, I think some people, and maybe even in the, when I first started coaching, I was more wrapped up perhaps in numbers and how much should mm -hmm. I charge or being upset if I didn't get any clients when the reality is my job is really just to help people serve people, you know, whether it's through posts on Facebook or Facebook lives or YouTube videos, my job is really just to help and serve people. And then if someone happens to see what I'm doing and it matches up and can help them, they're going to reach out to me and they're going to ask for my help and then the end result will be wealth. So you know, stop focusing. I've learned if you stop focusing on the wealth part, it comes when you just focus on helping and serving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've always said, you know, the money is a side effect of the wealth because the wealth is in the service, is right. in the well-being and being of service and helping other people, and then money just shows up for you. Right, and, and you just never know, and you have to be patient. I mean, I've had people where I've had an, a phone call and nothing happened, and that's fine. They just weren't ready at that time. Mm -hmm. And then a year later or two years later, out of the blue, I'm getting an email saying, I'm ready, when can we start? Yeah, you never know. So you, so you just never know. You just have to help and serve. And, yeah. and then when people are ready and, and when they're at that point where they best need your help, they'll reach out to you because they'll remember you know, the helpful discussion you had. Yeah, absolutely. I always say it's not a no, it's just a not right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. So what is something that you wish every single entrepreneur on the planet knew? Um, I, I would say just trust, trust yourself. Just trust yourself and let go of your fears and anxieties and just trust the process. Just take it one, one step at a time. I know I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I think, <laughs> I think it really is. Just take that next step yeah. is what I would tell every entrepreneur. You don't need to know the whole steps down, you know, either way, whether it's going up and down a stairway, you just need to know the next step. Mm -hmm. and, and then the, se the second step will come in a week or a month and the third step. So just, just begin, start where you're at and take the next step. Yeah, and I love that you combine the trust of self and the next step, because sometimes I know for myself, when the, the next step comes, my mind goes, really? That doesn't make any sense. Because sometimes for me, the next step is take a nap. And I'm like, but I'm supposed to be productive. Be true, right? That's how we're programmed, right? And so really listening to that inner voice and saying, okay, well, I guess I'm taking a nap right now and trusting that that's going to serve in the long run towards the big vision. And the other thing I would say, it challenge people is, you know, it can be scary. So like for me, I, I have what's called my true self barometer. So things that I want to do, um, if I have inner peace and calm and excitement about them, and if they don't harm me or harm others, I move forward. 
even if they scare the heck out of me. So you need to get out of your comfort zone to grow. You need to grow and expand your comfort zone. So I would you know, encourage people not only to take the next step, but it's okay if that next step scares the heck out of you yes. because um, it's supposed to. If, yeah. it do- if it doesn't, you're not going to grow um, as much as you, you could. And, yeah. and so you need to take the next step, but expand your comfort zone but make sure you know you're not harming yourself or harming yes. others because I think a lot of people have an inner peace and excitement about things, but they're scared to death to do them. Mm-hmm. So you need to just do it anyhow. And that's hard, but you need yeah. to just trust yourself that maybe even say a simple mantra to yourself, I can handle this and then do it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, and taking that leap of faith. I know I've taken that leap several times and to the point now where I just live on the edge and I just keep leaping. But it is hard. The first time that I did it, it was hard. And the second time was hard. And it every time I do it, it gets easier and easier because you build that trust muscle and you just mm-hmm. go, okay, this is what I want. So I'm going to go and do the thing and we'll see what happens. Right. You just have to do it. Like doing something like this a couple of years ago scared me. Doing Facebook Live scared me. Uh, With my book, I've been doing a weekly book study and we go chapter by chapter through the book on Saturdays. That even scared me until finally I said, Rich, just do it. And I started it, uh, I guess, 13 weeks ago. And and it's been a whole lot of fun and it no longer scares me. So you need to just keep pushing your comfort zone. So. Uh, that's what I challenge people to do. And, and I have to challenge myself this, as well. <laughs> I love it. So good. So good. So with everything that's happening with global events, I mean, at the time of recording, it's July 23rd, 2021. There's been a lot happening with a global pandemic and everything else. I'm curious, what's one thing you would share with our audience about how to navigate what's going on in the world? Um, I, I would say... I would encourage people to try some type of contemplative practice, some type of med- meditation practice, and it doesn't have to be centering prayer. That works for me. But what a practice like that can do is it can help you cultivate the ability to take a step back from your thoughts and let go of the ones that don't help you and focus on the ones that do and take the actions that will help you. So for example, when COVID you know, first came out, it was a scary time. So a practice such as a meditation practice can help you let go of your fear, your anxiety, your worry, and say, okay, well, what can I control and what can I do right now? And there was things you could do. I mean, obviously, you could follow the guidelines of what they were telling us to do with, with social distancing and wearing a mask and protecting yourself and keeping yourself clean. So those are the things you could do, and you needed to let go of the fear and anxiety so I would encourage people, and that's something that applies, you know, everyday life is, is just something like a, a contemplative practice, meditation practice can help you let go of what you can't control so you can take action on the things you can control. Yeah. And I think that's wise advice for any time in the, on, right. the, on the planet, not just during a global pandemic. Exactly. And I, I, I think I recognize that in so many people that, you know, now we're stuck at home. What do we do with our time? And I think there's more people that have turned to some sort of practice like that. And it's so crucial for our mental health and our our physical health as well. Because I know that the thoughts in your mind, if you let them perpetuate and they're not healthy thoughts, they create stress in the body. And that's what creates disease in the body and it creates all sorts of problems. So I think that's super important to have any kind of practice that shuts out the noise. Exactly, completely agree. 
Yeah, I love it. Well, Rich, I want to thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure having you. As always, we end the show with one last question. What do you dream of for the world? I, I dream that the world um, can better realize that we're not individuals, that we, we are all connected and we all need each other. It's when we act as individuals and think, and it's and it becomes me, 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 and compete for me. I think the world would be a whole lot better place, whether it's communities, churches, corporations, small and large companies and countries. We're all in this together and we all need to help each other and be, feel a better sense of connection than we do. I think yes. there, there's too much um, fighting and there's too much people don't want to talk to or interact with someone who's different from them, for example. So we're, we're all connected and we forget this. So we need to do a much better job of, of being connected and working together, not against each other. Yes, I love that. We are all one. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Rich. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us for another epic episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired and you wish to help out another entrepreneur, share this episode out, leave a review. And of course, if you want to know how to leverage this information, visit my website, cindyvanarnum.com, and where you can discover who you are, what you want, and how to get it. Thanks for joining us, and I'll see you next week.